0: This last lesson that we've got.
1: <laughs>
0: this last lesson that we've got is uh, I, I decided to combine both of them because I think that they're both intertwined. So when you talk about living a life of humility and learning to fully trust God, I believe that one requires the other. I don't think it's possible um, for a person to to fully trust God if they're not willing to be absolutely humble. Um, And I believe one of the biggest reasons why you guys can struggle with different different things in your Christian life and your Christian walk is because you're not humble. I really think. I think that if you were willing to be humble, you would have no problems in your Christian walk. Just think about that for a second. If you would actually just be humble, you would have zero problems in your Christian walk. And that goes for me too. So I need to think about that with myself. And so we're just going to read this paragraph. I want to ask a couple questions, and then I want you guys to look up these verses. So you're in group one, two, three, and four. So one and two for humility, three and four for trust is what we're going to do, and we break that out. Um, but so let's go ahead and read this, and then we'll, we'll take a pause. You guys can go through some of your verses, and I want you guys to be able to come back with what you've learned. All right. So humility and trust toward the Lord is absolutely critical in the life of a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. The moment a disciple refuses to be humble, they immediately stop trusting and serving the Lord. They stop believing the truth of the Bible and start relying on their own thoughts and feelings. Consequently, this removes Christ from the throne of their life and replaces it with self. Once self is on the throne, the only result will be pride, vanity, unthankfulness, unholiness, uncleanness, wrath, strife, fornication, hatred, idolatry, drunkenness, envyings, death, destruction, and fruitlessness. Because those are the fruit of self. And as the Bible says, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So it's pretty simple. If you're not humble, you can't actually be a disciple. You immediately stop serving God. And so that's one thing that I want to talk about tonight. So when it comes to the topic of humility, what do you struggle with the most? So what do you struggle with the most when it comes to humility in your own life? Yeah. Yes apologizing, taking blame. What else? What else is the hardest for you when it comes to humility? Cuz it can be different for other people. There's no like right or wrong answer per se. I mean, there is a wrong answer, but <laughs> taking the first step. Yes, you wait for someone else to come to you. Yeah, and you can't do that. You can't do that. What else you struggle with when it comes to humility? admitting you're wrong yes no one wants to admit that they're wrong i mean this starts at a very early age with my kids i can't tell you how many times between my six-year-old and my eight-year-old i have to get them to see their own fault in this in the problem in the situation and say "No, no 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 you're not the only one innocent here what else did you do in this circumstance you're also at fault here what did you do that was wrong and i have to do that every time it is ingrained in you to defer blame When someone points the finger at you, one of your first reactions will always be, "Well, it's because of another person, circumstances, whatever." And and the truth of the matter is, the reason why things went awry in your life is because of you. It's because of you. It's not any other person. It's not your circumstances. Like I don't care how bad your circumstances are, and I don't care how bad some people are in your life. It's never. It's not their fault. If you wanted to get out, you could have gotten out. You could have. There are other ways to look at circumstances. Now, I get people can, can be hard on you, and there's certain things where they could, even, even like in abusive relationships. Like, I totally get that. So, I'm not saying that those aren't, aren't counted out, but I'm just saying that people, it's all about your perspective. It's really all about your perspective. So, people, I've known people that have been in incredibly abusive situations and have been the most godly people I've ever met in my life. And it's not because, you know, they could have used it as an excuse to walk away from God and just to not serve Him, but instead they use it as a reason to lean on God more. So that's something to think about. Anything else when it comes to humility? What do you struggle with the most when it comes to humility? Anybody else? Humility. Yeah. Admitting that you're not perfect. Yes. Admitting that you're not perfect. What about um, when it comes to humility, um, seeing someone else succeed and you actually being happy for them? That can be tough. Or I know for me, one of the things in high school was um, everyone thought in my musical that i was going to get the lead because i deserved it because i had the best voice apparently and i didn't get it and i had to work through some of those emotions and actually be happy for the person that actually got the lead it actually worked out for the better anyway but that's another story for another day but it's one of those things where just think about it if someone else succeeds over you who may not actually be as good as you are you okay with that most of us aren't all right so what do you struggle with the most when it comes to trusting the lord what are some things that you just have a hard time when it comes to trusting God? It's timing. Yes, it's timing. God, what are you doing? Do you not see my circumstances? Yeah, he does. He knows exactly what he's doing, although it doesn't seem like it in the moment. What else? What else is hard about trusting God? Yeah? Not
1: being able to see him face to face to see what he
0: actually wants you to do. Yes, that can be hard. Yep. What's yours? Yes, and that his is better than yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a hard time with that one. Yeah, and that's where we have to trust the truth of God's word over our emotions and our feelings. What else we got, Ken? Control. Yes, allowing God to actually drive. Yep, yep. Provide. Yeah, and that God will provide your will needs. Provide. Yep, yep, because oftentimes we think we know what's best. Anything else with trusting God? Yep. Maybe like
1: being overconfident like thinking that you can handle the situation.
0: Yes, absolutely. When we can't at all. All right. Yep.
1: Trust in, that, in him that when bad things happen, he'll turn them into good.
0: Yes. Even though we may not see it for a long time, he can. Yep. Anything else before we move on? Okay. All right. So here's what I want you to do. So we've got some verses here and there's... Uh, some are direct. Some are indirect based on the context of where the verse is found. But group 1 and 2, you guys have humility, group 1 and 2. Group 3 and 4, you've got group 1 and group 2 of trust, all right? So group 3 has group 1 of trust. Group 4 has group 2 of trust. Yes, Jack? What group are we? <laughs> four. So you have the last column on the paper. So you got 24 verses. You can split them up. And I want you just to write on your second page that has all the lines. I want you to write just some basic things that you learn about humility and or trust from a biblical perspective. So we're going to take the next about 10 minutes. I want you guys to read through these verses. And I want you to write down some different things you've learned from the scriptures. Alright, you guys ready? (laughs) right, doesn't matter. We're doing it anyway. Okay, so the reason why I wanted you guys to do this is because what I literally did is I went through the Bible and I and I took the word humility or the part of the word humility and the word trust and trusting God, trusting the Lord, and I found these verses. And so anytime that you want to look up a certain topic, that's what you should do. Open up your Bible app on your phone and do a word search and find out what God says. Who cares what anybody else says? What does God say about any given topic? It's such a good tool to have in your back pocket. Okay, so here's what I'd like to do. Uh, group one for humility Um, I want you guys to mention a few verses I can bring in the verses up here because I have them all on my sheet here and so I want you to um, read the verse and tell me what you learned from that particular verse I know you guys probably got like 5 or 6 out of the 24 but that's okay Um, because the Bible is still the Bible and it will benefit everybody alright so group one for humility who wants to start doesn't matter which verse if you want to pick a certain one out that you really really liked who wants it Jake attack. Go for it. Uh, this was the first one. Exodus 10 10.3. Okay.
1: And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh, said unto him, This saith the Lord God of, of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou be to humble myself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. Uh, Pretty much that we got from this was that uh, God like, hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. And so they came in and pretty much said, like, How long is it going to take me to humble yourself?
0: Yeah. 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 So what does that teach you about humility when it comes to human nature? Yeah. Pride is stubborn. It's kind of weird to talk about it that way, but it is. Pride in your life can be something that's very, very stubborn. And God sometimes is asking you, how long? How long are you going to refuse to humble yourself before me? You know, your life would go a lot better if you would just humble yourself before the Lord. The root cause of all your issues is because you're not willing to humble yourself before the Lord. It really is that simple. So it's really not complicated. All right, what else did you learn from humility from group one? Yeah, Kent. We didn't get to my verse, but. Uh, what was yours? Uh, Psalm 113, and 6. This last one. Psalm 113, 5, and 6. Okay. I just read it here. Who is like unto the Lord our God who dwells on high? humble himself to behold the things
1: that are in heaven and in the earth. Mm. And that was just, you know, a reminder that how much God, how much more holy, how much more perfect God is than us, and that if we can get proud and remind, you know, think so highly of ourselves, we have to be humble and remember that yeah. God has to humble himself just to look at us, Yeah. what we are in comparison to him.
0: Yeah. The other thing I like about this verse, too, is... God deeply cares about your life and he dwells on high which is where he belongs but when he decides to peer into your life and into the things that are going on in your world he has to literally humble himself to do that but God's willing to do that and there are times in your life that you need to humble yourself to get down into someone else's life to minister to them and it's going to require great humility there's been a lot of times that something unfolds in my life where I have the opportunity to serve or minister to somebody and I'm like uh, this is a big inconvenience for me. All right, but it's an opportunity, and I can't pass it by. You know? So you think about that. All right, what else we got from your guys' group? Anything else? Chris, Brandon, Will, anything? Want to share one? Okay. Number two. Dudes. Dude, you're on to me. Eight. Mm-hmm. and it tells you why god did what he did and he did it to humble them but notice what it says to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart sometimes there's circumstances that unfold in your life that require you to have great humility or if you don't then you get to know what's inside your heart and you get to see how stubborn you actually are if you're willing to admit it but that's that older, you know humility part we actually have to admit that and then i thought this was interesting look at verse 16 at the last part Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee. And here's the reason why. To do thee good at thy latter end. You know, sometimes God causes you to be in circumstances that humble you, that prove you, that bring you low, because he wants to do something good for you. And because you refuse to be humble, then he can't do anything good. So that's something that's very, very hard to swallow sometimes for us. But, yeah, very important. All right, good. Good, good. All right, group two. Group two, what do we got? Uh, Proverbs 16,
1: 19.
0: All right, says number 13.
1: Uh, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Yeah. Uh, It's better to be humble and have nothing than to be prideful and have everything.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But do we actually believe that? I think is the question. Because I think sometimes we think that uh, success can be measured by our possessions and our status. But God says, no, 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 no. It's better to be humble with nothing than to have everything and be proud. So that's something that's very, I don't know, I think it's a good indicator of where our hearts at. All right, what else from you guys' group? Um, so, first, uh, James 4, 6. James uh, 4, 6.
1: It says, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth resisteth the proud but giveth grace to the humble so well, it's, it's pretty God resisteth the proud like he might not if you're proud or prideful he's not going to bless you Yeah. he's not going to really want to dwell with you yeah. but he'll give you grace if you're humble and then in James 4.10 mm. it says humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up Yeah. so we should humble ourselves and if we humble ourselves then he'll give us grace mm-hmm. and then he'll lift us up and then Micah read well let's do it first but It kind of stood out to me. In Micah 6, 8, it says, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Mm -hmm. Uh, So not only will God give us grace and lift us up back in James, but he requires us to walk humbly. Yeah. Walk with a humble spirit.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I think even with James 4, 6, in that same line of thinking, it says, God resisteth the proud. So if you refuse to be humble you are fighting directly against God. And guess who's going to win that battle? Not you, sorry. You're not going to win. How can you win against God? Do you know who he is? He's your creator. How in the world can you win against your creator? So every time you are proud and you refuse to be humble, you will lose. You lose every time. Every single time, you will lose. In one way or another, you will lose. All right, what else we got from you guys' group? Anything else?
1: Uh, Luke. 14, 11. Okay. Whosoever exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So, like, you can
0: either humble yourself or God will humble you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's much better to um, to just be humble to begin with. Like, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this, but try doing this sometime. Try doing something nice for someone and them never knowing about it and you being okay that they never know about it. I think sometimes we want to do nice things for people because we want people to appreciate us rather than we just want to do something nice for somebody. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that that goes against our, our, our natural makeup of who we are as human beings. So just be humble and let God exalt you. All right, good. All right, so that's humility. Let's talk about trust. All right, group three. What do you got? Uh, Psalms 18.2. Two two. absolutely if you did not believe that this building would hold up would you walk in it i don't think so unless you're stupid (laughs) but you know that's that's something else we can discuss later um and so the reason why we trust in god is because he has the ability to be strong on our behalf so that's important all right what else did you learn And I think from this verse too, thou art my trust from my youth. You don't have to wait until you get old to actually start trusting God. If you actually trust him when you're your guys' age in your youth, you'll actually find out he's pretty faithful and then you'll be far ahead people that are a lot older than you. So it's a good pattern to get into. Alright, what else we got from your guys' group?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Group one
0: read about humility,
1: where he's humbling
0: you for your good, so you trust him for your good. Yeah. And when you trust God, the last part of that verse, "That I may declare all thy works," when you trust God, you'll talk about him, and you actually have some life experience to back up why you can actually trust God, and give some hope to other people. So that's important too. All right, group four.
1: to do Proverbs uh, 3, 5. Okay. Well, then I was going to read like 6 and 7 with it, because those are all so good verses to
0: Go ahead. Okay. I will allow you to overachieve. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: So, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise, and I thine own eyes, and fear the Lord, and impart to thee. So, like, uh, don't try and do it by yourself whatever you're
0: going through in life, you have to trust in Use the Bible as your brother. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Proverbs three five is one of my all-time favorites because I have learned from my own experience that I cannot lean on my own understanding. The way that I see things may make sense to me at the time, but it will get me in a lot of trouble that I need to trust God with all my heart and stop trusting my own heart. So that's good. What else? What other verse? <coughs>
1: Trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Hmm. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Yeah. It just highlights the fact that men can't do it all, and you know, as humans, we
0: fail. Yeah.
1: Yep. Can't put trust in
0: material. Yeah. Yeah. Can't trust anybody. You can trust the Lord, though. Yeah. I don't care how, like, I I know that a lot of you guys trust me and you trust the things that I have to say, but at the end of the day, I don't want you to trust me. I want you to trust God. Because I will make mistakes. I will let you down. I'm going to disappoint you if I haven't yet. You know, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen because I can't do everything. I'm not God. But God will never disappoint you. You need to trust Him. Your confidence needs to be in Him, not me or anybody else for that matter. All right, anything else from you guys' group? 419. Um, So then those who suffer according to God's will shall commit themselves to their faithful creator if you need to do good. So just trust God and he's your creator so you should trust him. Yes. And I like that verse too because according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well doing as unto a faithful creator. So them that suffer according to the will of God. So there are some times where you choose to do what's right and you're going to suffer for it. I mean, it's going to happen. Just because you make a right decision doesn't mean that it's just going to be bliss. Like everything that happens is going to be perfect. Everything's going to turn out just peachy. No, oftentimes when you choose to do what's right, it's harder. And the things get just more difficult. But when that happens and you suffer for doing the right thing, then you need to trust that God has your back. You need to trust him that he's a faithful creator, that he knows what's going on. And that's very difficult because when we get resisted, we want to quit. That's just what we do as human nature. We want to quit. We, we, some of us are the, you know, the psycho ones where you hit resistance and you just want to hit back harder. I don't think most people are that way. I think a lot of people, when they get hit and they get hit hard enough, they are down and they quit. They just stop. But if you do that, you're not going to be able to do what's right in the eyes of God. You're not going to be able to serve him properly. So when you get hit for doing what's right, you just trust God that he's a faithful creator. He knows what's going on. He has your back, and it will work out. But if you stop trusting him, then you'll just quit, and you'll just give up on God. Yeah, Jamie.
1: that he knows you and you trust him, and, and he's good, and he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. So when we face trouble in this world, like, there's nobody else
0: that can help you. Yeah. It's God. Yeah. Like, there's so many good things in Trevor Watts, like, Yeah. same, yeah. but, like, it's just awesome. Yeah, no, it's good. All right, so we saw from the biblical perspective what it means to trust, what it means to be humble, it's not necessarily easy to do. I want to end with this, because I think there's one verse that kind of encapsulates both. Um, go ahead and turn to um, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll end here at this verse. So, being humble and trusting God, are they are intertwined. They are absolutely intertwined. If you have issues trusting God, it's because you are not humble. And sometimes God will keep you in circumstances where you have to keep trusting him in order for you to learn that you're not being humble until eventually you break. And those are not good circumstances to be in. I know every time that I've been in that circumstance, at the when it's over, when all is said and done, I've been very thankful that God has dealt with me in that fashion. Um, but I never like it in the moment. Because in the moment, I feel like I want to quit. I feel like I want to give up. I feel like, what's the whole point of this whole thing? And the issue is, is the reason why is that God is wanting to teach me humility. He's wanting to teach me how to trust Him. He's wanting to teach me that no matter what's going on in my life, that I actually can't trust Him. And so in Second Timothy chapter 1, there's this verse that stands out to me every time I read it, every time I think about it. And it's a verse that I want to obey. I want to be like this. I want this to be my testimony in my life. So, um, let's see here. Look at verse uh, verse 12. So, 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. For the which cause, I also suffer these things. So, Paul was serving God, and he was thrown in jail for serving God. He was being persecuted. You can read his full, his full list of different stuff that, that happened in his life, as far as persecution goes. So, he's saying, for the which cause, I also suffer these things. So, because of Jesus Christ in my life, I suffer. I suffer many things. There are many reasons why Paul had to, had the reason to quit. Like he had every reason to say, you know what? I'm out, I'm out. I'm, I'm being physically assaulted. I'm being kicked out of cities. They tried to kill me. They actually did at one point, and God rose me from the dead. I don't know if you knew that from from the book of Acts. Um, There's so many things that happened in his life. I've been shipwrecked for my faith. I've been imprisoned, falsely accused. And now, you know, at this point, he's going to stand before Caesar, and he's going to lose his life because of of Jesus Christ. So there's so many things that he has lost because of Jesus Christ, because of being a Christian, because of being faithful. So because of Christ, he suffered greatly. And that's actually what Jesus said was going to happen in his life anyway. But he said, for the which cause I also suffer these things. And then there's a colon. So he's going to explain. So because of Christ, I suffer. But this is what he says. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. And then another colon. For I know whom I have believed. And am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Like, if you just slowly work through this verse, this is a huge verse. So because of Christ, I suffer difficulty. I suffer being inconvenienced. I suffer losing friendships. I suffer pain in my heart. I suffer so many things because Christ is in my life and I've chosen to follow him. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I'm not going to give up on him. I'm not going to turn my back on him. Even though I have been tempted to turn my back on Christ, I'm not going to turn my back on him. I'm not ashamed of him. I know him, and that's what he says. For I know whom I have believed. I know him. I know who I believe. I know him. I have a relationship with him. When you have that kind of persuasion in your heart, you will never turn your back on Christ, ever. It doesn't matter what the pressure is. It doesn't matter what is coming your way or what has gone through your life. Or what kind of excuse you might have to not be in obedience to Christ. It doesn't matter. You know who he is and you'll never turn your back on him because you know him. And so my my thing that I think about in my heart is that at times in my life where I have turned my back on Christ, do I really know him? Like I'm not saying I'm not saved. I'm just saying, do I know him? Or have I forgotten who he is? Because I think a lot of Christians do that. I think they forget who the savior is. They forget what he's done for them. They forget what he put what he put himself through for your sake. They forget how, you know, like I even think about this, the Pharisees that ridiculed Jesus, that even beat him at the very end and spit on his face and smacked him and 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 beat him with rods and cursed him and did all those things to him. Do you understand? Like God himself humbled himself to come and walk among men. He didn't have to be there. He chose to be there. And yet they're ridiculing him. Like that, that to me, like when I think about that, I think, my goodness, like if I were Christ, I would have just like, like Thanos, boom, you know what I mean? Done. Forget it. You're done. You're turned ash. You're done. You don't deserve to talk to me like that. That's what I would be thinking in my heart and in my mind. But no, he didn't do that. Why? Because he loved them. He cared about them. What he was about to do was going to provide eternal redemption for all mankind. So he didn't react in the moment. He knew what he was doing. When I remember stuff like that, it helps me with people. It helps me with ministry. It helps me with not giving up on God. I can't turn my back on God. He didn't turn his back. Like he didn't go to the cross and where it's like one step to the cross and ready to be crucified. And you're like, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I'm giving up on these people. See ya. And yet we do that in our life with Christ. You know what? People are making fun of me for my faith. Forget it. I'm out. Jesus, I know you died for me, yada, blah, 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 but I'm out. This is too much. Really? Really? I mean, really? Just think about it. What has he done for you? Have you forgotten who he is? Have you forgotten what he's done for you? Because maybe that's the problem. Maybe you've just forgotten your Savior. Maybe you've fallen out of love with him because you've just forgotten who he is. So nevertheless, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I am persuaded when you are persuaded, nothing, nothing can dissuade you. Like when you are convinced about something, I mean, I mean, really convinced to your core and it doesn't like, like, for example, my wife, I know my wife loves me. I'm persuaded that my my, my wife loves me and she loves me to death. If I heard from 50 different people, oh, your wife, no, she's talking bad about you. Oh, she's been cheating on you. She's been just whatever, bad-mouthing you, making fun of you. You know what I would say, bull? It's not true because I know my wife and I am persuaded that she loves me. because she loves me, she would never do anything like that because I know her. It's the same thing with Christ. Are you persuaded? Are you so persuaded that you would never turn your back on him? Because that requires great humility at times because we may not understand everything in life. We may not understand like why things happen. We may not understand exactly what God is doing, but it doesn't matter. Like At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Like Even if you understand or not, it doesn't matter do you know who he is because if you know who he is, it doesn't matter how it's going to unfold. You know it's going to work out and you can rest and trust him that he knows what he's doing. That's what it means to be a faithful follower of Christ. And if you can't do that, because God will test you on that, by the way. He's going to put you in circumstances where you're going to question everything that he's doing. You're going to question your own beliefs. You're going to question ev- I mean, everything. And you're going to be tempted to just walk out that door and never come back. And you can have that legitimate choice. He's giving that to you. But he's wanting to see, are you actually going to trust me? Because you can't continue with me unless you're actually going to trust me. And so he'll do that. He will do that in your life. If you want to be a disciple, he will do that in your life. In one way or another, he will do that. And often he'll do it two, three, four, five times in your life. Like big events. To so just question, do you really, do you really trust me? Do you trust me even though this makes no sense whatsoever? So I thought it appropriate to finish our disciple series on this topic. Because I believe that if you're willing to be humble, you will trust God. And I believe that if you trust God, that you will be a faithful disciple. It is absolutely impossible to be a faithful disciple if you are not humble and you do not trust God. All right. Any questions before we close it out? Okay. So you got this. Perfect. You can live it out like now. Yeah. What do you got? Um, I have a prayer with us.
1: Uh, Audrey, she's come before. Her grandma to
0: go into surgery for her heart okay. um, and so like it's just really rough for her family so yeah okay alright good any others alright don't forget to be praying for the root family and then we've also got the money if you got any money there's some cash or IOUs in there um, and then make sure you sign, sign the card before you leave so that's going to be up here we got a pen up here make sure you sign the card uh, before you leave tonight alright okay let's pray Lord God, thank you for this lesson tonight and I pray that we would take these things and hide them in our heart. Um, and not hide them away, but actually do them. I know that at times in our life that we're going to be challenged on whether or not we believe you and trust you. And it's so important that we we actually believe you and trust you. And, and, uh, and God, in my own life, I just want to say thanks for testing my faith in these areas. Um, and sometimes it's been really, really hard. Um, and I need to go back and I need to remember who you are and um, so I'm just very thankful. I've seen many of my friends that have literally just walked out on you all together. And, and then we served together in ministry and and we shared the gospel with people. And, and now today they're not doing anything. And it just makes me very sad because uh, you deserve more. So I pray, God, that would not be the case with anyone here and um, that you would test our faith so we can see where we're really at and that we would just trust you every step of the way. And God, I do pray for Audrey and her her, uh, her grandma and, and uh, the stuff that's going on there with the surgery, with her heart surgery. and um, I pray that you be with them, with the doctors. And God, I do continue to pray for the Root family um, as they just, uh, just go through the suffering right now and the grieving process. I know there's several different families uh, that are part of our church that are connected with them. I pray you'd give them open doors and minister to them. I pray that the card that we sign and the gift card that we buy would uh, just touch their heart in a, in a special way. So we pray for them tonight and pray that you would um, just comfort them. And if there's any that don't know you as their Savior, that they would come to the place where they really humble themselves, and they trust you, and they call upon you for salvation. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.